Beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. The book of John chapter number 8 and verse 12. John chapter number 8 and verse 12. Please switch all mobile phones on vibe mode. And let's focus. Are we there? If you're there, say yes. If you're not there, say wait for me. We're waiting. Are we there now? Alright, let's, let's read together. Want to go? If you're not there, you're on your own. <laughs> Strictly on your own. Let's read together. Want to go? Alright, let's read it again one more time. Want to go? Praise God. Do you have the light of life? And you rejoice. Hallelujah. Do you rejoice that you are following the light of the world? Hallelujah. Alright, let's read Matthew 5 and verse 14 quickly. The book of Matthew chapter number 5 and verse 14. Let's read together. Want to go? Let's read it one more time. Want to go? Hallelujah. Alright, final one. Matthew 16 and verse 18. Matthew 16 and verse 18. The book of Matthew chapter number 16 and verse 18. Let's read together. Want to go? I'll ask you to read it one more time. <laughs> to go. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the spirit of the living God. I thank you for the opportunity that I have to bring your word. Thank you because every ear here is anointed. Every heart here is ready to receive. Our eyes are open. We see Jesus revealed in the word. And our lives will never remain the same again. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' holy name we do pray. The church says what? Amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. And in this series, I'm going to be teaching something that is very important. 
And we're going to be so blessed. Amen. Amen. So the series title is Messy Middle. Messy Middle. Let's first of all establish the fact. And by the way, um, this is going to be a very instructive series. But it's also going to be a series where you're going to shout and rejoice. Hallelujah. And that's going to be because you intentionally do so. And we say amen. amen. So, messy middle is the fact that God, in his wisdom, saw the mess that man was in and then dropped Jesus right in the middle of the mess. <laughs> amen. Right in the middle of the mess to clean it up. And to erase it. Praise God. And then now, when Jesus was leaving, this is very important, he left the church right behind in the middle of a messy world. Now, let me explain why there is still a mess. Because not everybody has come to know the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And even those who have come to know are still in different phases of growth. And um, your, the extent of your growth is going to determine, you know, the mistakes you are likely to make. The more information you have, the better choices you can make. Can we say amen? amen. So the church now is in the middle of a messy world. And I don't need to preach. That's not my message. I'm not preaching about the messy world. You, all you just need to do is just look around you. And you see that the world is really in a mess. Okay, so the world is in a mess. And then God left the church in the middle of a messy world. To be the light, the hope of the world. So today we're going to be, we're going to be using this series to share with you the essence of the local church, the power, the essence, the beauty of the local church. Now, I'm going to be talking about the church both as an organization and as an individual entity. You as a church and the church as an organization. Can we say amen? amen. Isn't this going to be a lovely, wonderful series? Praise God forevermore. So, the world is in, is in a mess. All right, there is, there is the system of the four. And that's what I want to call it this morning. The system of the four that has held sway in the world. The Bible says that the world, all of the world lies in darkness. And the only hope for that darkness is the light that shines out from the church. Can we say amen? amen. And the church must be properly armed with the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that? So now let's begin this morning by establishing certain facts. I want to use a scenario. So imagine right now that you work for a very prestigious organization. You work for a very prestigious organization in the world. You guys are, you guys are saddled with the responsibility of doing some very important work in the world. And not only do you work for that prestigious organization, 
You were handpicked. You were selected amongst very odd, some other few people to go on maybe a trip, to go and do some very important work. Nigerians love that. <laughs> so of all the people in your units, they said, hey, you, they called your name. And they said, you know what, I want you to go and represent us in this location. Okay? And I want you, you're going there for something very important. You know, that's going to form your testimony, right? Especially with, the, I mean, if they are sending you to Saudi Arabia, no, to Sudan. <laughs> if they are sending you to Sudan, you know, or to, or to whatever, you know, you might just, hmm, what's this? But you know, if they are sending you to some, you know, you know, some of you understand what I'm talking about now. You're going to be like, man, man, they chose me. You know, I was, I was the only person in my unit in the entire organization, especially if your organization is a multinational. It's symbolic of the fact that, you know, you're, you're something. You know, I mean, come on, we can't do without you. You're something, right? So they chose you. And then, ah, please, who can tell me one nice place that you'd really love to visit? Bucket list. Come on, who is saying the word? <laughs> Paris. <laughs> really? 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 I don't want to stop there. Singapore. She said South Africa. I, I, I want to have mercy on you. <laughs> In this service. It's her bucket list. So, so she's, she's allowed. No, no, no. It's okay. Why not argue? <laughs> Alright, but now, just think about it, or Dubai, or someplace, Singapore, or, I mean, Paris, you know, Hawaii. So, you are going there to do some very important work, okay? And I'm sure that some of you will come out to give testimony, you know, you call your friends and all that. That man, I was chosen. Only, okay. <laughs> and then... It gets better if there's some really nice stipends to it. You know, some, they call it per diem. You know, some nice per diem. So, let's assume for every night you spend outside of this country, you're getting 2,000, eh? Who said $50? $50,000, eh? Oh, well, come on, man. Some of you have big eyes more than me. I wanted to just say humble $2,000. Or two five. And they say you're going to be there for two months. Whoa. Some of you start doing, you bring out calculator. <laughs> I'm going to be this rich by the time I come back. It's going to be something important, right? And then, of course, it's expected that you go in there and do the work, you know, do some very important work. So you're going to say, you know, wow, we did some very important work, but that's not really. <laughs> It was that man, two, five thousand dollars, you know, nice trip, first class, you know, and then um, fly Emirates. I'm just, I'm just putting the light before you, you know. <laughs> A lot of you will be excited. So now look at this. Flip it now. And I pray that your excitement remains. You are the light of the world. <laughs> 
That's exactly what my job is today. My job is to bring you to the place of even much more excitement about what God has put us in the earth to do. Now you come to a place of even much more excitement. That's exactly, I got you where I want you. (laughs) Praise God. So immediately I said, let's flip it. Some of you, your excitement started dying. Like, and that's, that's exactly what the enemy has done to many people over the years. Now, when you think about the church, you think about a poorly organized community with no vision, with no drive, with no excellence, with no skill sets, with no talents, with empty brains. Just running around and, you know, running around in, in, in the shower to get wet. You know, no, no, no capacity, no initiative, nothing. But Jesus begs to differ. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now, everything that is happening here is testing your convictions. How much are you convinced about what Jesus has said? So, the excitement about the gospel and about the church should be higher than what I just described now. Way much higher. And that's why we're having this conversation. Now, if you do not know the importance of the church and what we've been sent here to do, yeah, you you can have that look on your face that purely, really, really. (laughs) But if you get it, Everything is going to change. Can we say amen? amen? So now you are a member of a body. And God has placed us in the earth to do some pretty important work. And then Jesus begins to say, I am the light of the world. I tried to explain this during the gospel experience. That that's a pretty profound statement. He didn't say, I'm the light of heaven. No, he didn't say, I'm the light of heaven. In other words, Jesus was not restricting our following him to spiritual things. I am the light of the world. (laughs) I'm the light for commerce. I'm the light for industry. He didn't say, I'm the light of heaven. He wasn't a spiritual reality. He said, I'm the light of the world. And then he goes on bold statements. He goes on to say, anyone who follows me in the world, I mean, we're not in church every day, right? Anyone who follows me will not walk in darkness. That's a bodacious statement. That's an all-encompassing statement. It's a, it's a broad spectrum that you cannot limit to just, you know. No, it's bigger than that. So, Jesus is saying, I'm the light with which you're going to do this world. I'm the light that shines to help you do the world, to help you live in the world. Then he turns right back at you, and then he says, you are the light of the same world. Wow. Leading people as well. Praise the Lord. Say this with me, I'm the light of the world. Say this with me. Jesus is the light of the world. 
Say, Jesus is the light of my world. So we have established two things. Jesus, how many of you magnify what Jesus has to say about something? Eh? Has to be pretty important, right? He says you are the light of the world. And then that's after describing himself as the light of the world. Then this same Jesus now turns to Peter and he's asking all his disciples... What, who do men say that I am? This same Jesus. And some say, you are this, you are that, you are that. And he said, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter opened his mouth and said, Thou art the Christ, Son of the living God. And then Jesus said, Wow, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Now thou art Peter, and on this rock, no, it wasn't, the Peter was not the rock. It was the statement he made. Thou art the Christ, son of the living God. Listen to this. Now, on this rock, rock is something that cannot fail, right? On this rock, I will build my church. You see the first mention of my church? I will build my what? My church. And then he goes on to say, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. On this truth, that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, I am going to establish the church. Now the word church in that space, because you have to go back and check the root word. What does it mean? The word church is not... Um, you know, because when you start to teach about these things, people have all kinds of arguments. And I'll get to those arguments in a bit. But let's look at what Jesus said for what he said it. And what it means based on how he said it. Amen? So the word church is ecclesia. And it means, let me, let me just read it out to you. So that you would understand it. The word church, how did I not save my stuff? You see, that's why we need our creative team back and we need all, all our stuff. Alright, let's go to that scripture. Matthew what? Mm-hmm. Matthew 16. I just want to bring out the meaning of that word. Now, that word church is ecclesia, and it means an assembly. I wanted to show you for confirmation, okay? It means an assembly. It means an organized group. In fact, the, the meaning is a religious gathering or a religious assembly of people. So, the church that Jesus said he was going to build, he wasn't describing just the individual he was describing the church corporates. Amen? Now, the church is supposed to be built on this revelation. I will build my church on this truth, and the gates of hell will not prevail. So, why did I start with that illustration? If you were 
representing a very strong body doing something, you would think I have arrived. I'm doing something important with my life. Well, God, hello everybody, left the church behind. Alright? Jesus speaks about the church and says it is on this revelation that I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So the question now is, do you even see that you are part of something prestigious? You are part of something that Jesus himself is building. That you are part of a prestigious organization. That is not, that is not what you think that don't have brains, that can't think, and all of that. I did not manufacture those words. And you would have to be daft to even try to manipulate the words. Jesus said, I will build my church. That's what he's building. Amen. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So he was talking about the corporate organization. Now, the same Jesus, I'm telling you all the things that Jesus said. I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. I will build my church. Then the same Jesus says, I am leaving you as sheep in the midst of wolves. I'm leaving you (laughs) in a messy middle, in the midst of wolves. In other words, this place that you're supposed to shine your light is going to be antagonistic to you. They hated me, they will hate you, Jesus said. Alright? But now, let me tell you how this blesses me when I think about it. It blesses me that... The one who is building the most prestigious organization in the world is mindful of me. He knows me. He's called me. If I were your boss in the office and I called you and I said, I want you to handle this job in Singapore, in Paris. You're going to say, wow, I have arrived. This is what I've been talking about. I've been trying to build this career. Now the day of reckoning has now finally come. Do you feel that way that Jesus actually said to you, come? I'm going to know, like, you come, okay, not you come. (laughs) I will build my church and I'm inviting you that we should do it together. So what Jesus is building, hear me, and hear me very clearly, is a corporate organization. It's not just the individual, alright, the individual makes up the corporate, but he's building a corporate organization. And we all have to be part of it. Can we say amen? Amen. He's inviting us to be part of it. Now look at the next thing that he says. He says, the gate of hell shall not prevail against the church. Now listen, that gives me an idea. It gives me an idea that the church is, listen to this, this is going to help you, it's going to bless you. That the church is not on the defensive because gates don't move. Hello? Gates do not move. Gates don't move forward. Ah, wait. (laughs) Imagine you come today and the gate of this event place was at some point. And then by the time you come the next time, the gate has moved of its own accord. Hello? <laughs> and then the next time it has moved or it has moved back. You'll <laughs> be like, what is this? Is this magic or something? So here's the idea. It wasn't describing a defensive church that would stand and try to defend what of. He was describing an offensive church that will go into the gates of hell and the gates of hell cannot resist. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? It was describing an offensive church, a church on the offense that the gates of hell cannot stop. Praise the Lord. So that the church first is the body of Christ that God is building. And the picture of the church is that we are supposed to consistently be on the offensive. Not on the defensive. On the offense, going out, bringing people, getting involved with winning souls. Getting involved with raising men in discipleship. This is the idea. Now, peradventure, you do not have an understanding of what I am saying. Let me just explain to you. Possibly, and this is something that I want to say very reverently and honorably. Because I fall in that category as well. Maybe almost everybody in this room may at one point or the other have lost a loved one. I have. You may have. One of the things that will strike you about losing someone is they don't go with nothing. You see what I'm saying? They go with absolutely nothing. They're not even aware of where they are. So, the only thing that will make it out of this world is the souls of men. You know, we can say it, you've heard me say it many times, but maybe it hasn't dawned on you. Well, I understand that. Jesus was talking to his disciples for three and a half years. He didn't dawn on them. (laughs) He was talking and talking and talking and talking. He didn't dawn on them. After he left, that was when we realized that they didn't didn't believe what he was saying. Didn't I tell you? You know the pain of... (laughs) Didn't I tell you? But I told you now. <laughs> Why are you sounding like... You know, and that's the pain of some, some, some of us pastors. You know, you go... <laughs> anyway, let me not go into that. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, Jesus said, I told you these things. That you may believe. And that in believing, your joy may be full. It means that these guys were not exploring the depths of the joy. Because their belief wasn't really rooted. And we say amen. Amen. So Jesus is building his church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Because the church is going on the offensive. Going in. Bringing out. Going in. Bringing out. Can we say amen? amen? The church is placed in the middle of a messy world. And in that middle... God has placed us to shine our lights. Can we say amen? amen. Oh church, can you say amen? amen? All right, so having established that, let's go to Haggai chapter number 1 and look at verse 4. The book of Haggai chapter number 1 and verse 4. Haggai chapter number 1 and verse 4. If you're there, say amen. amen. Now let's read together. Want to go? We're stopping at verse nine, okay? So let's read together. King James, Haggai, chapter number one and verse four. Let's read together. Want to go?
huh? Verse 9. Interesting read, right? Now we'll look at this scripture in the light of redemption. Can we say amen? amen? Now, let's quickly establish something. When you look at what is being said here, and everybody just stretch forth your hands towards me and just, just speak words over me. Just declare that I'm strengthened in the name of Jesus. Declare, declare that I'm strengthened. Yeah, I'm good. Don't worry. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, when we look at this scripture in Haggai chapter number 1, we see that a lot of human needs, and that's the next thing I want to come into. I've established certain things already. I want to go into the next part. We see that God is describing human needs. He says, it's time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses, and this house lies in waste. Is it time? Verse 5. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but you are not warm. And he that earneth wages... Earns it to put it in bags that has holes. Look at me. There is no aspect of the human endeavor that is not, that is not mentioned there. You earn wages. You build houses. Amen. Is that not the goal? Oh Lord, let me build a house. Oh Lord, let me buy a land. Oh Lord, let me show my mates. <laughs> oh Lord, let me pepper them. So you earn wages. That's a human endeavor. That's something many people want to aspire to achieve in their lives. You want to have your own money, right? It's included there. Then you build a house. It's there. You eat. How many of you don't eat? <laughs> you eat. It's there. You drink. It's there. Alright? You put on clothes. Now, clothes is not just for, you know, for clothes. You understand? It's now a statement. So you put on clothes. In fact, many people's clothing now is now an achievement. It's proof of what they have accomplished in their lives. You see, when they see me, they should know I've, I've arrived. <laughs> you understand? So these are things that we do as human beings, as, as individuals. You drink, you know, but you're not satisfied. You put on clothes, but it's not enough. You earn wages. But you put them in, in bags that have holes. It's seeming to mention the fact that, look at this, that human beings have needs. These are needs, right? Need for clothes, Maslow's law of whatever, you know, clothing, shelter, food, what else? You know, I mean, you know these things, the means of transportation and all of these things. So, these things... 
people are already doing, or people are starting to do, or people are thinking of starting to do, right? So all this is covered there. But one thing is missing. My house is in ruins. It means that you are taking, I mean, you are taking the initiative to do well for yourself. And you're getting things done, and you're putting things in place. Alright? You're, you're, you're moving, but guess what? The human need, and that's where I'm going to now. God is saying that the human need is more than that. That after you have done all of that, what truly is the human need is more than eating, clothing, you know, earning wages, and all of that. There's more to you than that. Say amen. amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There's more to you. I mean, you would imagine that if you've been able to do all of these things, come on, I should be fine. I mean, I now earn wages. Come on, guys. I earn my own money. So nobody can tell me what to do. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> my money. But what, what God is saying here is that you can finish all of those things and still not understand why there is a void. Because the house is in ruins. Can we say amen? amen. So it means that it's like, a, it's like the full completion of your expression is found. Pay attention to this. The full completion of your ex- expression as a person is found as you identify with God's house, with what God is building. It's like your entire person comes full circle. You wouldn't understand why a person can have wages, can do this, can do that, and still not be satisfied. God is showing us what is missing there. He's not leaving it to our imagination. He's saying, you have left my house. Glory to God. Can you hear what I'm saying? Now, under the law, it was that, look, you try to do all of those things to get fulfillment, okay, and to try to establish yourself, and then you found out that it's a waste. Under grace, hear me and hear me real good. Under grace, God has given you all things to enjoy, but you don't make the gift bigger than the giver. He has given you so that you can focus on his house. Now, sometimes he may not give you physically. He starts by giving you the mentality for it. He starts by blessing your mind with great thoughts. Alright? So that now you can focus on the house because that's the missing link. That's what's missing. Let's look at that scripture. Let me just, let me just touch on it and then quickly move into something else. He says, you have sown much. You have sown much. And bringing little. He's talking about the, the hustle culture. You've done so much. But you're bringing in little. You see, because look at this. Under the law, God is not blessing your hustle. He's blessing your focus. You didn't hear what I just said. He's not blessing your hustle. I told you last week, right? He's not trying to bless your hustle. He's blessing your focus. Don't let anything take your eyes off of me. That's what he says. And remember the idol thing. Not even yourself. Praise God. So, you see, that's the human condition. 
The human condition needs to get to the point where they understand that even though you have all the houses, the cars, the wages, the resources, the bags, the shoes, the clothes, you can eat whatever you want. That's some people's dream. I just want to be able to eat anything I like. If tonight I want to eat shawarma, I will just order shawarma. If tomorrow I want to eat from um, Suya Bistro, I will just order uh, just anything. Their own is just... (laughs) Don't give me food. <laughs> who is touching who? <laughs> who are they touching? Who is touching who? <laughs> oh, they are, they are, oh, queen, man. Oh, I didn't know. <laughs> are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so, the idea is, look, you have things going on for you. But hey, my house is in ruins. Let's continue. You have so much, meaning you've put in a lot. You eat, but you do not have enough. It's not satisfying. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but you are not warm. It's, it's like showing, just imagine that a person is not feeling fine. You understand? Let's assume someone is not feeling fine. You say, what do you want? Cover me. Then they cover him. They say, no, it's not. Remove it. <laughs> then they remove it. They say, feed me. They feed him. And then after the feeding, they say, you know, Nothing they do can bring them to a place of real satisfaction and rest. You know why? God's house. God's house. In today's parlance, you must understand that you as a believer, okay? Let me tell you, you're a spirit being. God made you so like that already. Some of the unrest that you feel on the inside is because God is nudging you to win a soul. It's not because your rent has not been paid. Yeah. You see, they will not say amen. They will not say, Lord, I cannot, I cannot sleep. I cannot sleep. Your mind is on rent. And God is saying, put, just sort, sort this thing out. Get satisfaction from doing what I am ordering. And let me bless what you have ordered. Do you understand what I'm saying? Get satisfaction. I won't see. Let me tell you. Let me tell you, God's greatest desire, and I've said this, I said this during the gospel experience, and I mean every word. God's greatest desire is to be the one who pleasures you. The only reason why you smile. Some of you, the moment you have breakfast in bed, you know, the moment is, <laughs> oh, <laughs> something, something is, something, something has happened to me. Oh! God wants to be the only reason why are you hearing what I'm saying? He wants to be the first reason why. Let me not say the only so that somebody else can see. <laughs> so let me say the first and the focus. You see, because that butterfly in your stomach now can, can die. Oh. <laughs> the person tomorrow, the person tomorrow, the same person, the same person. This he didn't grow taller, he didn't grow shorter, he just changed. But God. The Bible says he is the same Yesterday Today and forever So that's the missing link Now let me tell you what happens Many people know how to put every other thing first Every other thing And they're not satisfied Then they, they, they do more And they're not satisfied And then they do extra hours I believe, and I've been saying this thing, I'll keep saying it, and you can take me anywhere. I believe that most nations of the world are running 
a Babylonian system. You go to the UK, you think it's life. You work one job, four hours. Then as you are coming out, you are rushing to another job, six hours. Then you are coming out, you are rushing to another job, another six hours. Then you do, why? Because you need to do all of these things. You know, to, to put resources together. It's a lie. Don't do it. Even doctors will tell you, your body cannot take that much stress. You know that? They can, you cannot take that much stress. It's a Babylonian system. And many people will be caught in that rat race for years. <laughs> if you like, look at me and say, you don't know what you're saying. Don't worry, I'm the one preaching now. Tomorrow when you're preaching, come and say your own. <laughs> but think about it. How do you have the strength? Two days non-stop. You haven't slept. Why? You're chasing mammon. The devil is a liar. Turn and look at God's kingdom. He says, sit down. I will save you. You understand what I'm saying? Don't move an inch. In fact, what I'm giving you, make sure, uh, this is welfare. Make sure you don't keep anything as leftover. If you keep it, it will spoil. Lord, but tomorrow, don't worry, tomorrow, me, I will show up again. That's why people, listen, that's why people are doing what they are doing. Because there's no guarantee. Okay, I have it today, doesn't mean I have it tomorrow. God says, no, with me, you have me today. Tomorrow I'll show up again. Next tomorrow I'll show up again. God did it in the Old Testament. Jesus came and said, take no thoughts. Take no, who are you? Take no thoughts for your life, what to eat, what to drink. He says, look at the birds of the air. You see, the problem, as you're looking at me now, is that, P.O.D., take no thoughts. <laughs> you have to thoughts. <laughs> How can you say we should take no thoughts? We have to thoughts. Ah, if I don't thoughts, do you know what will happen to me? But he said, take no thoughts. So whose word do I want to believe? Take no thoughts. Oh, take no thoughts. Okay. Look at the birds of the air. They need a toy, no spin, no gather into bands. They don't have savings accounts. He says, but your heavenly father takes good care of them. He now goes on to ask you a very important question. He says, are you not worth more than they? Then he attaches, he attacks the problem. He says, oh ye of little faith. It is the believing that is the problem. Not his ability, your believing. Glory to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? I have come to a point where I know that God is able to take care of me and all my needs, glory to God, according to his riches in glory, not according to my hustle. Yes, Amen. Amen. And that doesn't mean, oh boy, ah, this is not, somebody's pulling this thing, but I, will, I, I resist you. That doesn't mean that, listen, that doesn't mean we are lazy. <sighs> it means that we rather allow the Lord to give us things to tend. Uh, and God can keep you busy. <laughs> but let him keep you busy. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Okay. You see, you see, there's a rewiring taking place now. You see, we have called rewire. He's fixing stuff. <laughs> now, here's the point. Let me ask you a question. What was, what was the extent of Adam's toil? In the garden, in, the, in Eden. The depth of his toil. To water the garden... How, how, how was the garden watered? The Bible says there were four streams. You read, you read those things. Look, garden was planted. Alright? Four streams flowed into the garden to water it. What was Adam's job? Tend. Before the fall. Tend. Take care of. Look after. I gave you to look after. It's a job. 
The next one is toil. You go to search for it. It's also a job. You choose. You are engaged. Let me tell you. You are engaged. Two ways you are engaged. You are either engaged tending or you are engaged toiling. One is going to break your back. The other one is going to leave you rested. Glory to God. God has given me stuff to tend in the name of Jesus and we are tending. We are not toiling. You understand? It was after the fall that he now had to break his back to, to eat. That thing you've normalized eh, as the norm. You need to rise higher. You know when you're on the ground, it's like everybody, we are all mates. But as you take off, you now start to see things get smaller. You need to stay in God's realm long enough to see this culture. Eh, my brother, what I'm telling you is that maybe you have something you are doing with your hand. Eh, the Spirit of God can breathe on it. Mm-hmm. And cause overnight that you are tending to more than you ever imagined in your, in your entire life. That you get one client that pays you for two years. You see, they're not saying amen. You, you, you see, you're not saying amen. That you get that one client that says, you know what? Um, it, all it takes is for one client to see the real value. And it's the Spirit of God that will, ah, Lord, where am I going? The Spirit of God that will magnify that value in, the, in their minds, not you. Do you understand? And he says, you know what? I think I want to just give you this. And now it's, it's like six months' wages in one meeting. So that you can rest. It's tending, not toiling. Now your job will now be to ensure that you manage the resources properly. Yes. Say amen. amen. Oh boy, say amen. amen. Yeah. But you are getting ready to roll sleeve. What do you think Jesus did when he rolled his own sleeve? You, you don't understand. He rolled sleeve, say let's get dirty. So that you don't have to. Yeah. And I say it in the name of Jesus I will be in places, at, sometimes just being at the right place at the right time. Hey, I'm telling you, I've, some of you have told you my experience. I, I don't want to digress, but I've told you my experience. I went with a friend of mine to go and see his, his mom. I did not, I went there with slippers. I did not go there thinking of anything. You understand? As we were coming out, she was just giving money. She gave her hairdresser one million naira for making her hair one million. One million. One million. Instead of giving everybody bondu, bondu, bondu. <laughs> and she was giving, I say, if you change your mind before you get into it. <laughs> Don't try this. You will see me now. <laughs> Don't try me. And she was looking. And my, my friend introduced me as his friend. Oh, mom, this is my friend. Ah, yes, now you too. <laughs> So, I left the place and, you know, noticed that it was 250K. This was maybe 2012 or 2013. 250,000. And I started to think. I started to think of all the, all the bus conductors, all the teller, bank teller people, all the, all, everything. I started to think, I said, how much is your salary? Now, I can pay you. <laughs> I, I, I said to think. I said, me, one meeting. One meeting. And let me tell you, you've just not magnified the omniscience of God. He can do that over and over again. Now, let me tell you, one meeting, it might be a business conversation, and he just leaves you good. 
don't believe the hustle culture. It's not for, I'm telling you, and, and I've never hustled. Yes, hear me. Do you hear me? And it's not even something to boast about or anything. I've never thought about it. That I'll go outside now and then maybe start to sell plantain or start to sell something. <laughs> Hello, church. And I'm not thinking about it. And you think I won't be rich? Don't worry. He's tending. He's taking care of. I put things in your care. Take care of. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And uh, before you say, oh, you, some of you don't know. Before you say, what if you blow it? Uh, go and ask the prodigal guy. Hi. Mm. It's only when monkeys come to people's houses that they start lacking. Mm. When you domesticate that dog, you start feeding him once a day. Some of you, twice a week. <laughs> if they were in the bush. The monkeys don't look for banana in the bush. Do you understand? Because your heavenly father, what he's thinking about you, you don't, I, I don't know if I'm even communicating it properly. What he's thinking about you is when they come to man, that is, you start rationalizing banana, you give them one today, give them one. <laughs> In the wild, they just jump from place to place. Who do you think made it grow? The Lord. Who do you think put it there? The Lord. Who do you think supplies their needs? The Lord. And that same Lord is your father. You understand? The one who planted those things. Have you ever seen? Think about it. Have you ever seen? <laughs> have you ever seen any animal? Any? Coming to beg you for food, say please. <laughs> have you seen? Chicken, they come to you. Please. No. Because your heavenly father takes care of them. And the Bible says you are worth more than them. Can you say Amen. amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And my brother, if you're getting ready to hustle, the Lord bless you. The Lord be, be with you. But, but clearly we are supposed to be woke. We are supposed to be woke. I have nothing to say to you. <laughs> Can you rejoice? The Lord is my provider. Can we say amen? amen? Where was uh, Elijah? Is he Elijah? How woke was he when ravens fed him? You see the problem? The problem is that you've not taken scripture face value. And that's why you're so distracted to do what's important. Because you want your needs to be met. You're too distracted. This, this, that, that, that. What if you come into this consciousness? You're still going to go to work. Definitely, you're still going to do your stuff. You're still going to do stuff. But, Lord, I trust that in my own life, I'll get to the point where I have resources, you know, I have, re- don't, don't think about it as a fluke or something. That the Lord causes the bands to be open and prosperity comes to me with, with little. And we say amen. amen. Yeah, expect that to happen in your life. So that you can focus. Say amen. amen. So, God wants us to, you know, you know, let me tell you something. Let me just be honest with you. I'm keeping myself because there's something I want to share. So I'm actually keeping myself, if you notice, I'm keeping myself from really entering this particular matter because it's not my focus. If I enter there, the service will finish. I'm telling you, I, I am I'm armed, proof, everything with this matter. I will finish you. <laughs> 
I'm very armed. I'm telling you, inside, outside, if we, if we start now, you will not survive it. So just, let's continue. <laughs> if I start with Adam, and I start with all that happened, and I start with what happened with, after he fell, and how he said, toiling, sweat of your face, and all of that came after the fall. Before the fall, what was he eating? The Bible says, I have planted many trees. Of all the trees that I provided, you can eat. Except one. It means no hunger. Then there are four streams. Watch out of that. Let me even water. He said, no, don't water. You only stay there and tend. What am I even tending? Like, you know, because they were intelligent. The Bible says, no destruction on my holy mountains. So, birds don't come and start destroying the mango and destroying it and scattering it. No, they have their own way of feeding. Everything was orderly. You understand? What do lions eat in the garden? They, they, they were not destroying other animals. You, you are really, they had their food. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? There was no destruction until Adam fell. And now the Bible says the last Adam is the life-giving spirit. He has brought us... He has, see, he didn't just restore us back to creation. No, he took us higher than creation. We are the new creation. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We are the, hey, when you get to heaven, be cooking your own food. <laughs> Sweetheart. Because as you are looking at me, I don't. When you get to heaven, tell the Lord that you want to cook beans. When you get to eh? Dupe, so you are known for this. Tell them you want to make Indomie. And let me just announce something to you. This is by the way, though. This is by the way. Oh. Amen. In, I believe that in our resurrected body, we will eat. Good news. <laughs> All the foodies in the house say, Lord, thank you. Yeah, because the Bible says Jesus, when he rose up from the dead, he actually said, give me food to show you that I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm risen. There will be food. Oh, there will be food. <laughs> and some of the foodies are just trying to contain themselves. When they get to, Amen! 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 But you know why we don't preach that? It doesn't add anything to our faith. It's, it's, it's just food. Can we say amen? amen? So don't miss out on what I've said. You know, the fact that the house of God needs to be built. You focus on God's house. Can we say amen? amen? Let's go into something deeper. Now, if you look at the gospel of Luke, turn our Bibles to the Luke chapter number one. Luke one. We read from verse three. Luke 1, 3. Let's read together. One to go. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, yeah, verse 4. Go ahead. Amen. Now, Acts chapter number 1 and verse 1. 
Acts chapter number 1 and verse 1. Let's read together. Want to go? Okay, some of you might not be there. Alright, so I'll wait for you briefly. Are we there now? Now let's read together. Want to go? Mm-hmm. Stop. Now, let's bring understanding to what we just read. This is Luke the Apostle, right? Luke the disciple of Jesus Christ. Luke wrote the book of Luke as an account to the esteemed Theophilus. All that is in the gospel of Luke is Luke, Luke's account to Theophilus by the Spirit. Are you hearing me? Now, the book of Acts, the entire book of Acts, is Luke's account to the same Theophilus. Can you say amen? One, as you read in Luke chapter number 1 and verse 3, you read about the fact that he puts together an account of Jesus' life. Amen? Of the life of Jesus. And he puts it together and sends to Theophilus. Of course, we are all beneficiaries, but the real person that received it was Theophilus. And then he wrote another account. When you look at Acts chapter number 1 and verse 1, he starts by saying the former treatise, that is what I wrote to you in, in Luke, I'm writing another account to you of all that Jesus began to do. This time around, the Acts of Apostles account was about the body of Christ, about the church. Say amen. So some, look at this. God made someone to capture the life of Jesus. And then to capture the life of the church. Wow. It's that important. That um, um, Luke wrote extensively about the life of Jesus. And then began to write about the life of the church. About the history of the church. And how the church was born. Now let's show you some other parallels. Go to Luke chapter number 1. Oh, we've read 3 and 4. Let's look at the book of Acts 2. 1 to 2. The book of Acts chapter number 2. From verse 1 and 2. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord, and suddenly... There came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the house. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon them. Verse 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now let's look at Luke chapter number 1 and verse 35. Luke 1, 35. Let's read together. Want to go? So Luke captures the birth of Jesus, and then Luke captures the birth of the church. He captures the birth. Oh boy, this is going to bless you so much. He captured the birth of Jesus as including the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost. He captures the birth of the church as being made possible by the Holy Ghost. 
The Holy Ghost is birthing Jesus on the one side. This is the same Paul. Paul I, what I've just said, you need to get it. It's the same Paul that has the account of the two. Paul wrote the account, one to Theophilus, the life of Jesus, chronicling all of the life of Jesus. Then he wrote again to, to Theophilus about the life of the church. So he captures the birth of Jesus, he captures the birth of the church. He shows us that the Holy Ghost is involved in the birth of Jesus. He shows us that the Holy Ghost is involved in the church. Can you see what I'm saying? Hello, church. Are you seeing what I'm saying? If it was not important, he wouldn't have said so. So why is Luke capturing the birth of Jesus and at the same time capturing the birth of the church? Why? Why? It is for the purpose of what the church has been left behind to do. To further the frontiers of the gospel. So it's important that you understand that it's not an idea. Jesus even said, I am building my church. It's not a figment of somebody's imagination. It's something that everyone, everyone who believes in Jesus must be part of. Can we say amen? Amen. Let's look at some other things that I believe will bless you. Are you ready? Are you ready? Hey, if you're ready, I want to hear you. Are you ready? Now, look at... Now, I'm just thinking of what to show you, what to show you. Let's look at Luke chapter number 2 and verse 52. Luke 2 and verse 52. Parallels. Somebody say parallels. Verse 52, are you there? Luke 2, 52. Let's read together one to go. Read again one to go. Do you notice that it's Luke 2, the last verse? Go to Luke 2, the la- go to Acts 2, the last verse. The book of Acts chapter number 2. Some of you say purity. How do you see all these things? Let's read verse 47, the last verse, one to go. Uh huh. Wow. Look to the last verse. Jesus is growing in stature and in favor with God and man. Acts to the last verse, the church is growing in favor and increasing in stature. That God is adding to them is actually stature. Look at, look at the picture here. What is happening to the, to, the, to the head is happening to the body. As Jesus grew, so the church grows. As he grew with favor, so the church grows with favor. As he is, so are we in this world. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's supposed to give you a shout, glory to God. What is happening, happening to our heavenly Jesus, our big brother, is also happening to us. We have the body of Christ. You understand what I'm saying? As he is experiencing the favor of God, so is the church experiencing the favor of God. So guess what? God did not say we should do the organization called the church as an isolation without him. He's under him. The favor he's experiencing, we're experiencing. The growth, we're experiencing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Praise God. Say this with me. The church is not man's idea. Say it again. The church is not man's idea. idea. Say it one more time. The church is not man's idea. idea. 
Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 12, 27. Are you being blessed? Amen and amen. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 27. Let's read that together. I want to go. It says, now you are what? The body of Christ. And what? Members in particular. Jesus said, I'll build my church. Now he's saying, you are the body of Christ. And we say, amen. amen. Say, I am the body of Christ. Say it again. Say, I am the body of Christ. Now, let me come to the final conversations for today. Acts chapter number 2. We'll read from verse 47. Let's read from verse, Acts 2 from verse 42. The book of Acts, chapter number 2. Let's start from verse 41, okay? Acts 2, from verse 41. I want to show you four pillars. So now I've established the fact that the local church is God's idea. Did you get that? Did you get that? I established the fact that it's not man's idea. Now let me tell you, it's like every other thing. You know, remember Code of the Elves? Remember we talked about relationship? It's like every other thing that, that people try to do. Using their own imagination. I mean, you didn't come to this world by yourself. That's, that, it baffles me. You didn't come to this world by yourself. You understand? Before you arrived and realized I'm here, you didn't know that anything existed. You didn't even know who you were on the other side. You only knew yourself when you came. Now somebody has written something copiously to help you navigate through life. And you say, no. So what are we doing? People are looking at the environment. Say, Anything I see, Lagbaja do. That's what I'm going to do. The devil is a liar. Can we say amen? amen? Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And I, and I shared with you, alright, that this light of the world is light of the world. Isn't that deep? Very deep. <laughs> light of the world is light of this world. Not light of heaven. It's light for doing life here on earth. Okay, um, I want you to go into that store and I'm going to shine the light for you. So without this, you're not going to be able to see your way into where you're going. So Jesus is saying, without me and how I design things to be, you're not going to be able to see your way into where you're going. It's pretty strong. Take him by his word. When people did not take him by his word, they found out later. He said, I will rise again. And my friend always says this to me. He says, anybody that predicts his own death and resurrection and pulls it off is worth following. Brothers and sisters, you know Jesus rose people from the dead. You know, but it's not the same as resurrection. Oh, you know, no? No, it's not the same. You know why it's not the same? They rose up from the dead to die again. Jesus rose from the dead never to die again. That's the difference. And that power of an endless life is at work in you. The power of the endless life is at work in you. I believe, and I want to say this to you. Listen to me. And I want to say this to you. And I want you to latch your faith on it. I'm saying certain things prophetically. I believe that our generation, the church, 
this generation is going to usher the, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe so. Hello, church. I believe so. Here's that thing I believe. You don't have to die before Jesus comes. Oh, boy. <laughs> Say amen. You don't have to die. You don't have to check out. Let's all stay. Amen. Agree with me. Let's all what? Stay until and invite him. You know, welcome him. Lord, we all then. He takes all of us together. And if you are sitting here and you are saying, I'm not sure that if Jesus comes, I'm going to go. Uh, I don't know where you have been. <laughs> you understand? The moment that sound, you say, will you go? Will you go? Where will you be? Where will you be? The moment, is then some people, some people, some pastors will tell you, some believers will not hear. Ah, you've not heard. That some believers will not hear the sound because they are not ready. Let me tell you, when Jesus died, he put DNA coding inside me. As he is, so I am. Do you understand what I'm saying? And guess another thing. The reason why they are saying that is because everybody is at different levels of growth. In their various, you understand what I'm saying? There are some, the mature Agbalagba, they have arrived. You know, so they are saying, if you are still small, you know, then you will not hear. No. The baby hears his mother's voice. How many of you? The baby, as baby, as baby as the baby. They know their mother's voice. So they hear from the womb. They've been hearing instruction from the womb. So God, is his DNA he gave you. Whether you are growing or not, you have DNA. Oh, you didn't hear me. Don't worry. Let me talk to these people. See, the baby only grows to become full-blown. It doesn't mean he doesn't have all of those things intact in as a baby. If you, if you give birth to a baby that doesn't have leg, the baby will know that something is wrong. Mm-hmm. So when the baby is born, he only needs to grow, but he already has all the stuff intact. That's how you are in Christ. You came fully, fully ready. All you do as you continue to grow in the things of the Spirit is that you start exploring all of your abilities. But you don't grow, to, ah, how do I put it? You don't grow for validation. You grow because it's DNA. Your growth is not how God validates you. You understand? Your growth is DNA. You are validated because you are born. You are bought with the price. You belong home. Can we say amen? So let's look at this Acts 2 and verse 41. Let's read it together. I want to go. And they that gladly received the word were baptized, and the same day were added unto them three. Uh huh. Now, verse 40. I want you to read this one slowly. Okay? Let's read verse 42 together. I want to go. Number one. Number two. Number three. Stop. Now, they didn't just continue. They continued steadfastly. Steadfastly. We've seen the birthing of the church. Then we now see what they remained to do. Steadfastly. Alright? Number one. 
in the apostles' doctrine. So the first what is doctrine? Doctrine is teaching. In other words, they continued in the apostles' teaching, in the apostles' message. And what is the apostles' teaching? Jesus. So they continued gathering. I, 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 I got a scripture that I, I would have shown to us. You know how that they constantly gather daily in the temple. In fact, daily. <laughs> Some of us now, Lagos, is weekly. They gathered daily in the temple to feed from the apostles' doctrine. Alright? And then number two, to have fellowship. Fellowship. Number three, in the breaking of bread. And number four, prayers. Let's read that again. Want to go. And they continued what? Steadfastly in what? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Look at what they were doing. And prayers. Now let's look at the next verse. And fear came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were done by who? By the apostles. So it is this thing they were doing that caused fear to come upon many souls. Let's continue. And all that believed were together and did what? And did what? Now verse 45. Let's read. Want to go? Read it. Continue. Daily, with one accord, in the temple. Continue. So they were going to a place. Church, they were going to a place to have fellowship. Are Continue, continue. And breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So the first thing we see there is... That they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So, they continued steadfastly receiving the word of God. Listen to me, church. I'm going to say some very strong things as I begin to close. God's idea, and it is his wisdom for a reason, is that you, he will supply it. Okay, let me ask you a question. When Jesus was about to feed the 5,000, why didn't you just say, just give them? Anyhow. Just give them, give them, give them, give them. They are hungry, they are hungry, just give them. He said, no, sit down. Create order. That's the way God is. God's idea is that he will supply the needs of his many-membered body through an organization called the church. Now, here's the other thing that I have to say. If you say, but the church is not perfect, the church is full of imperfect people. I agree. If only you knew Jesus well, you know who he likes to identify with. (laughs) You don't know him. So if you say, uh, no, 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 that church, they are filled with hypocrites. Hypocrites, hypocrites. Those are the people Jesus likes to hang out with. And then you say, but I'm not Jesus. As he is, so are you. You understand? So number one, I'm trying to wrap this up now. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. 
in the teaching of the word. Steadfastly. They did it and they did it steadfastly. Number two, they continued in fellowship. Fellowship. And as the of God brought my mind, you see, that fellowship idea is something that you must take into your heart. And the of God brought my mind to the, the, the demoniac, the Gadarian demoniac, the madman of Gadara. That before he, one of the things that the enemy did, listen carefully, was to first isolate him before he could torment him. The Bible says he was in the mountains, right? He was in the mountains, cutting himself, shouting, screaming. The first thing was the isolation. Then before the tormenting. Hear me and hear me good, oh. So Jesus now goes, hears his cry. It was only because of that madman that Jesus entered the city. He didn't have any business. He was hearing him from the other side of the river. And then came all the way to heal him. And Jesus represents the church, isn't it? Hello, church. Jesus represents the church. So it is like the enemy to, to try to isolate you. Keep you in isolation. It is like the enemy to not start a tormenting process until you are isolated. Because if he's tormenting in front of everybody, we all know. But when it, and some, of, some people will say we are isolated because we are recovering. We are isolated because we want to find me. We are isolated because we are, you know, oh man. And you see, see the isolation, dark room, lights out, and then your, your mind is now going through all manner of depressing thoughts. And then the, the enemy is telling you, they won't understand. They won't understand. Nobody will understand. Everybody hates you. Everybody doesn't like you. See them now. They didn't call you. See them now. They didn't do this. See, there is just all of that. It's isolation first. Pulls you out of the group. Then the tormenting starts. He knows that if you remain in fellowship, and I'm saying this now, he, he knows that if you remain in fellowship, one with another, he knows that as you are coming like this, we see your face. Ah, uh-uh. sweetheart, what's, what's happening? Are you okay? No, no, you must. Uh, if it's me, you meet. You must tell me. <laughs> you must tell me, my dear. You must tell. Me. No, 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 no. Yeah. Fellowship, 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 communion, community. Number one, the apostles' doctrine. Number two, fellowship. So you say, me, I'm a lone ranger. You, lone what? I go, I go alone. I like to just go alone. <laughs> this is how I go. <laughs> alone. <laughs> yeah? No! No! And you see that idea that you can't find people to trust in the church. It's a lie of the devil. Brothers and sisters, it is a lie of the devil. You can't trust people. Say amen. amen. Say amen, church. Amen. You can trust people. Except you too, you can't trust yourself. Because you, the last time we checked, you are in the church. There is no perfect church, right? But there is a perfect Savior. Who paid the price for us. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
And if Jesus can identify with us as imperfect as we are. <laughs> Amen? Amen? If Jesus can identify. If there was a perfect church, the moment you come, it will become imperfect. <laughs> because there's no perfect church. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that it's not the shade. <laughs> Fellowship! And the Spirit of God brought that to my mind. That isolation starts before torment. There's nobody to talk to. Nobody, really nobody. It's a mind game of the enemy. And then the third thing is communion. Breaking of bread together. Every Sunday we break bread here. Breaking of bread together. Communion. And then finally prayer. Now let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, as I close. Adventure. You say, you know what, I can't follow POD. And I can't follow the Blueprint Church. No problem at all. No problem. Just make sure you find who you can follow. (laughs) Can we say amen? Get planted somewhere. Amen. Amen. I was telling someone yesterday, my friend, I was telling him yesterday, because that's the, that's the irony of pastors. If I was not pastoring this church, and I was not a pastor here, my dear, Sunday morning would not meet me at home on my bed. No, 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 no. Now you see, ah, but purely, there's a ritual. Listen, there is a ritual. It's called, a, it's a holy ritual. They went steadfastly, daily, daily. Because here's the point. Now let me tell you. Remember, I started from saying, you are the light of the world. We're supposed to be shining. We're supposed to be taking the gates of hell. Are you getting what I'm saying? So this community like this, you don't know how powerful we are. Commissioned by God himself. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You think you're small. You think this is a small organization. Uh, this is, you know, we, no, we have order. We are excellent. You understand? We have a bright outlook on life. Just because you are part of a church does not mean you're going to fail in life. No, no, the devil is a liar. The last time I checked, look at your scripture. They had lands to sell. It means they were doing well. If it was real estate, they were in real estate. They had lands to sell to give to church. The church is not for layabouts. It's not for never-do-wells. This church is the body of Christ. God is the... Jesus is the corporate headquarters. We are His body on earth to keep on advancing the cause of the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So find one and belong there. Commit there. Stay there. Grow there. Steadfastly. Sit in there. Grow steadfastly commit yourself to it it is god's idea it is god's wisdom for a reason it's not it's not by it's not by how you feel it's not by what church makes you feel no it is the fact that god himself said i am building my church and the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against it there's work to do brothers there are there are cities to build there are nations to build do you understand what i'm saying and you and i brothers and sisters we are that arm that God is using to advance the frontiers of the gospel. And you say, Amen. Amen. Do you know what should come to your mind? Oh, I'm not ordinary. Oh, wow. Oh, no. I'm not just ordinary. Like just, I'm just strolling through life. Whatever happens, happens. Whatever will be, will be. You know? 
So it's time, church, to turn our focus. Probably that's the reason why many people are not coming into the full satisfaction. God is saying, I am your satisfaction. Fellowship. Any real church of Jesus Christ, anyone, we have concern for people. Are you hearing me? So, number one, let's say the four things together. Number one, the apostles' doctrine. They, they sat down to be taught. Amen? They sat down to be taught. And I, and I said this, you know, that as a pastor, because you've taught these things, so you think there's no need. There is need. I have my mentors. Amen? I make, let me tell you. Now, hello church. Can I say this as my final conversation to you today? Everything that the Lord is going to do for me, He's not going to do for me because I am a pastor. Say amen. Amen. No, you got it wrong. That the Lord, the Lord has special, special care for pastors. He's going to take care of them. You know, He has special. No, this is, this is, this is labor work. The provision is in the believer, not in the pastor. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I am a believer first before I'm a pastor. How do I prosper? Not because I'm a pastor. Ah, he's my son, he's a pastor. So you have money. It's a lie. <laughs> Some will be so broke, they won't know what hit them. Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, it is the believer using the realities of scripture. The Lord says, give, and we give generously. Pray, we pray. Study the word, we study the word. Just imagine I come and say, Lord, I'm a pastor. No study. I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. No study. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we function as believers who put the word to work. We don't flash pastor at the gates. He's believer. Actually, Look, I've said this before, and I want to say it again as I close. Alright? There is the generic, but there is the specific. Are you hear what I'm saying? The generic is where you have pastors, all of that. The speci- there's only one specific, sons of God. All of us. You see all of you here? Sons of God. Pastor, teacher is for administration and delivery of the goods of heaven. Yeah. The pastor too has to use what heaven is giving to him. Otherwise, the kind of woo that will blow you. <laughs> you say, okay, you say, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor, I'm a pastor. Let me, let me tell you, ah boy, there's so much to say, but I, I have to close, okay? Have you noticed that some healing evangelists actually die of sickness? Oh, you've not done your research. Go and do your research. <laughs> the anointing is upon you. For the people. You must know how to use the anointing for yourself. Oh boy. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You must appropriate the anointing. Cornell said that every time he used to, he used to say, you know, um, um, they shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. They shall lay hands on the sick and the sick as though I shall lay hands on the sick and the sick shall recover. But my darling, if you are the sick, I lay hand on myself in the name of Jesus and I shall recover. Do you understand? You appropriate the word of God. I don't, I don't just, so this is not for show. We come here, we talk the word, we talk the word. In my room, I have to be talking the word too. When I feel the pain here, I have to talk the word. When I feel the pain, I have to talk the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
Praise God forevermore. Say this, I am part of God's body. And the Lord is building His church. Have you been blessed? So, number one, we listen to the word. Number two, we fellowship with other believers. Number three, we partake of the communion. And number four, we do what? In the Holy Ghost. So, brothers and sisters, don't isolate yourself. And you know the reason why some people isolate themselves? is because knowledge puffs up. What are they going to say? You know, when you come in, what are they going to say? That I don't know. Have you been blessed? Rise to your feet. Thank you for engaging yourself in this episode. We trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hellwebblueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprints Church and on Instagram at The Blueprints Church. Cheers.